So if you're watching this on video, you will have noticed my background screen has changed because we're going through a heat wave at the moment in Australia. But if you're on audio, do not worry about it. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> Um, all right. So I think we were, I was talking about sort of the experience of medical training and how really, you know, medical students and, and below like, you know, undergrad pre-med students really shielded from the experience of the hierarchy, but it really takes off, um, once you enter, enter clinical training and that's like internship and residency. And, and of course, you know, the power dynamics are, they're inherent there because of the overt hierarchy, and, and then, if, and then, you know, anytime we're dealing with human beings, just in nature, right, we have like our inherent, you know, beliefs and biases and, and people bring these to their, their dynamics, whether, you know, no matter how hard you try to be mm. professional, whatever that word really means, I think it's just like, to, to exist in a, it's in a, a version of yourself that is as devoid of like, you know, personal input as possible. That's like in my mind what it feels like. It just doesn't happen. It just does not. Yeah, happen. I think um, that professionalism is meant to be like a courtesy of sorts. Yes. To be professional with everyone. That's right. But that courtesy can sometimes actually add to that marginalization yeah. when people are so different. That's what I found in my life, to be honest. Like, yeah. it, those pa we talk about power dynamics, but to me, it shows up in very real ways. Like where I'm talking in my experience, or at least as a psychologist, I can definitely speak to, no, let me, let me start this all over again. Yeah. I've been through my whole professional life. Yeah. I've never been able to give meaning to it until like pop culture started bringing in words. And now as a practicing in my professional, yes, marginalization exists through tokenism, through microaggressions, through stereotyping and biases. That's what adds to the dynamic. And, you know, it can be actually quite confronting when you're mm -hmm. confronted with those, particularly the, the, the stuff that you can't really pin on people to take them to HR, the micro stuff, the tokenistic yes. stuff. The, that's what I was going to ask you. And that's actually what mm -hmm. prompted me to say, you know what, I think we need to hit the record button is how do you know? How does a person know when you're being tokenized or you know, like it's sort of right. Like that it's, it's such a subtle, it's such a subtlety, almost mm -hmm. imperceptible to anyone who else who's not, who doesn't feel it. Right. Who doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, and then, so, you know, people who are, are on the opposite side of it can say, well, no, mm -hmm. that's just your perception. That's just, you know, it's, you're just projecting. Or, you're being sensitive. Yeah. Oh gosh. Lord, that is, yeah, let's not go there. That's, <laughs> you're being too sensitive. Or what's even worse, you see somebody else going through and you think that's not okay, but they make commentary on that person and how that person's just not really, you know, in favor for bringing up what they do. And you think, well, I certainly can't bring up any conversations and topics. Exactly. And that's a microaggression. The stakes are quite high. Yeah. The stakes are high. Absolutely. Like if yeah. you're the main breadwinner of the family, yeah. if you're trying to get into a certain um, specialty, like, mm -hmm. you know, there's this whole rife of, you know, discrimination really of what it is. Um, mm -hmm. And the stereotyping I think is quite common. Like we know about it, talk about it, particularly in terms of like women, LGBTIQ, mm -hmm. um, disabilities, um, race, like these are like popular catchphrases. If mm -hmm. People are aware of these stereotypings that contribute to marginalization of power. People can talk about, hey, this limits my opportunity. This is reinforcing power imbalances. This is not okay. 
And and there is also other stuff, but that's a lot more subtle. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the, you know, issues of like tokenism comes in. You know, when you're promoted just to fill a diversity quota or maintain a certain image of the organization. That's right. Oh, yeah, um, that's big, maintaining an image. I've seen that in yeah. practice, like, you know, the the images that will be chosen, like, right, like in uh, if, if there's a company-wide event and, and there's a photographer going around taking pictures of people at the event, the ones that will get chosen <laughs> to be on the website or serrate are the ones that are that seem the most diverse. It's, it's a well-known mm-hmm. phenomenon, right? It's a, and we know the people looking at it, you know, we know yeah. what we're seeing. I wonder if other people know yeah. what they're looking at or if it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> and it can show up just in your personal life too. So I'm not sure if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's often fine print that people say by consenting to participate, you also consent to oh, be yeah. used for marketing and promotional materials. Your so, likeness, you know, yes. You need to be really <laughs> careful with that stuff. So I remember someone invited me to, well, it was like a sexpo event. Oh. And um, they were like, yeah, would you like to come along? I think it'll be really great and fun. And so my thought at the time was not even should I attend or not. I just thought... <laughs> Is there a t- is this a ticketed event at an event like this? Can you imagine the diversity you know group sitting around being like, you know, we need to extend our sex pro audience to like you know a, a more diverse demographic. Mm, whose photos do you think should be on our next billboard across oh, some God. bridge? Oh, here's Paltu. You can use her because she showed up to the event, you know, for whatever reason. Oh, but Lord. you know that's the sort of stuff of what I'm talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's often done with this unconscious bias, and sometimes Certainly. it's done overt, overtly, racistly as well. Yeah. But um, what yeah. it does is actually. You know, it just goes, and I think the Aboriginal people experience it too within Australia. There's mm-hmm. such a diverse community here, our native first peoples. And, and you know, often what we'll, people will do is just use their stuff to say, yep, tick box, tick box. That's right. Doing it. That's right. And what it actually mm-hmm. reflects is a lack of genuine inclusion, mm-hmm. a lack of genuine or, you know, a willingness to understand. And so that tokenism, I think. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to live out. Do you want to come? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, totally. That's, it's a funny, that's a funny story and a funny, like, you know, uh, example of, of it, but it's true. I mean, it's really hard to live that out and experience it and, and to be aware of it. Most importantly is to be aware that mm. of the, the possibility, even, even if you don't know it for certainty, you know, like it's as a certainty to the possibility that your, you know, your designation, the reason why you have been chosen for a specific thing over someone else who maybe doesn't fit the same demographic might be just because of what it looks like for the organization, right? Some people are perfectly fine. They're like, hey, that's, I, that's my personal gain, right? I know, I, yeah, they might, it might not be savory reasons why I was, I was selected, but it's, still toward working toward my overall overall good but I don't it's just hard to to live that live that out and be aware of that possibility like I say because of course you don't know for certain you can you can't prove it right no one's gonna just be like yeah that's 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 why we chose you (laughs) 
<laughs> sometimes, sometimes you find out though, and so maybe not when you're initially hired, and that just that feeling of when you're hired, you think you're there, but everyone knows why you're there. Yeah. And so it's about you know, and and the reality is this can because there's that lack of genuine inclusion and support, it can actually lead to a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, um, more serious issues. And mm-hmm. you know, it starts from things like microaggressions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, insensitive comments or behaviors, you know, based on aspects of your identity. Mm-hmm. That cause emotional harm. It undermines your confidence or your mm-hmm. sense of belonging in the workplace. And, you know, eventually, again, because that on commitment to ongoing relationship is not there, people end up leaving or people end up finding out, holy moly, I was just hired to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. and everyone knew it but me. And so I think you can handle it in different ways. You could say, well, this is not for me and step away. But yeah. there are people who say, well, no, I um, the system is... Uh, thwarted somewhat Mm -hmm. or corrupted or discolored (laughs) discolored um but i think you know they some people will say no i'm going to work through and and then make my way to the top and so you look at people like yourself for example Mm -hmm. you know the number of female uh physicians who are of african-american um descent Mm -hmm. or who identify as being people of color a very minority probably easier for you to drop out and do something else Mm -hmm. so there's that whole element that i think is like rarely discussed yeah it's starting to come up i think with stereotyping people are really big on that yeah but it's the 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 more subtle versions of like tokenism and microaggressions mm-hmm. or you know, people correcting your spelling mistakes and things like that I'm like, well, no one asked you to correct my spelling or or you know you might say something and they like start correcting and you think no no i want to play okay devil's advocate here um and you know just talk just speak to again like i said you know, it's always, I think you, you can gain the most perspective when you start from a place of normalization and just understanding, right? Like that it's, the <clears throat> outcome is undesired for at least by one, one party's experience, yep. but the root of, of these behaviors, which are inherently human, right? Um, are sort of ingrained into our, our, our functioning, our brains function, right? Like, especially our prefrontal cortex is really what it does. It's, it's role. It's job is to, to create meaning and assign order. And so, right. It's not, it's not altogether an abnormal thing. I mean, if you had to look, approach every situation from scratch and try to understand it from scratch, that is, I mean, you'd never make it through, you know, you, you would spend your time trying to understand the first two minutes of your day. So, right, yeah. patterns are, are essentially how our brains work to categorize and, and move very quickly through the world. And, and of course, that's where, you know, recognizing patterns and, and putting things together, it gets you from point A to point B and C and D very quickly. But yeah, there's a lot of ins- ins- assumption in there as well. There's a lot of assumption and not taking into account the the nuances of the specific situation or the specific circumstance. Um, so it's mm. it's not an abnormal thing that we all do, and I think it's important to understand that it's something that every single human being does and has, right? As far as bias is concerned, we all have this, um, and we all our brains all operate yeah. in the same way. But the the problem of the problem of it is yeah, like the, the the behaviors to try to um, seemingly suppress the, the obvious nature of those, of those habits, right? Like, so to not mm-hmm. where, you know, stereotyping we all get is, is not a good thing. Racism we all get is not a good thing. Genderism, right? Like it's sexism, ageism, we, all the isms, we know they're not, 
as as an, as overt practices are not good things. And so because our our brains are sort of like hardwired to think in those in those categories, they've gone yeah. underground essentially those behaviors, right? And that's what you're talking to speaking to in the in the very subtle practices of okay, so I'm not I'm not obviously doing something that's that's racist, but you know, by my words and by my actions and it could it could easily be attributed to personal preference, right? If you if you mm. if somebody were confronted by it, they could say, "Well, that's just my personal preference." But what about how I like having an environment with just white people around? That's my personal preference, right? Well, that's what this said. That is exactly what it said. It's like, well, that, I'm just proud of my, you know, I'm just proud of my culture. Which anybody has the right to be proud of. That's right. I mean, there. You, that's why I'm saying you can't confront it, right? So what what do you um how do you how do you think you a person you know can reconcile and i'm speaking from the perspective of someone who you know his, who like who has the inherent biases and who has maybe tendencies that align with any of the isms yeah how do you become you know self-aware and you know you know maybe be, start to examine your your practices or your thoughts and and look for any of the 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 those isms that have turned under like that have become underground and things that are coming out and in very very subtle ways of acting how does a person Mm. even like come to that realization well here's the thing when people often say think okay here's the thing when when people often say things like oh I didn't realize that was happening oh I didn't recognize that my workforce was only male or only female or only this particular you know type of person what you know whatever that person is I think there needs to be an understanding that yes our brains are wired to create some kind of um uh, some kind of order or some kind of pattern however I think as we go into positions of leadership, there's a responsibility to create new patterns or to recognize that there are different patterns that exist around you. So I'll give you an example that doesn't relate to work where you have no choice but to create new patterns. And so that's parenting. So life before a parent, your brain functioned and created patterns in certain different ways. But as you transition to an, into a new space of life and you have a child brought in, you know, all of those patterns for the most part are disrupted and you <laughs> have to make, you know, um, uh, you have to make space for that. And it's not easy. And, you know, you make a lot of mistakes, but you have the openness and the curiosity and sometimes the odd nervous breakdown to try and make those new patterns work. And I think it's the same in the workplace. As you move up in positions of responsibility, you have an onus to learn what those patterns are, which you may not have had to before because right. you know it didn't matter to you, it wasn't relevant to you. But I think um, you know, even thinking about in living in a community and when a new community or a new person arrives and they look remarkably different or act different, I think there's an onus on the people who have the power, who are the majority, to create some kind of courtesy, you will, or relationship building rather. Um, to to engage with that person. And I think, yeah, you can say, oh, well, we didn't know. That's fine and all well and right. good. But now that this change is here, what are you doing to match or meet that? I think that's a question that needs to be had because it puts the onus on the you know people in positions of power. Uh, yes, certainly. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I want to I wanna probe you a little bit more on this. And that is, yeah. so I think that practice is well understood. And that's sort of what, what is behind like any time 
there is some egregious misstep. And, you know, there's all of the, the media storm happens and the press conferences happen and the, right. Um, and, you know, it's the same talking points, you know, we're going to learn from this mistake. We're going to, we're, you know, do more training, do more. Is that the right way to go about it? Like, I mean, I've, I've participated in, in the, and I think most people have these trainings that you're right. <laughs> like, uh, bias training. I think, that, I think there is a benefit in training because it allows you to set the scene in terms of the language and stuff. I what think kind it's of very problematic when... When, I think it's problematic when you're only relying on training. Yeah. And I think and that's what a lot of organizations do. They say, yeah. we've done the training. We're fully aware of it now. Yeah. And so there's always a place for that training, I think. But what happens is organizations rely on that only. Yeah. And, and you can see the organizations that do that because they, they have their motherhood statements on their websites, but you go into the workplace. And again, that genuine inclusion and relationship building is not there it's at all. It's not there. Because they've only relied on training. Right. Absolutely. You have the right words and, the, and the, the right buzzwords, especially, and the beautiful language, as I said before. Um, but, you know, the culture yeah. and the understanding, especially because there is inherent pressure that we put on each other in, in community settings by our actions mm. and behaviors, um, mm. what is often played out is something that's very different from the flowery language. And I guess what I was asking yeah. about, you know, is, is training enough. I guess it's specific what I should have asked is like, what type of training is actually meaningful, right? Because modules and no set, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think, look, even those modules, I think the modules and training is a good place for everyone to do it and then start the conversation. Conversation. The that's place. where I'm trying to go exactly. here. Yes. Yeah. So it's, and even like relationship building yes. and about seeing, well, you know, what is it that we need to be aware of? Because every every workplace is nuanced. And I think what those modules and trainings do is they give everyone a base from which we can start to have conversations that lead into different spaces and places, like just like trees and plants, yeah. like, you know, the branches and trunks can go in different directions depending on what the organization is looking for. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, maybe even asking for some organizations, well, you know, if it exists and you're still functioning, then why do you need to think about it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's point. when they start telling you, oh, but no, no, but, but there's this issue and that issue. And I think that would be the space from where I would start to work on creating genuine relationships. Mm -hmm. Because if they can't even articulate to you why the current situation is a problem, then then they sound quite, then it's a like a pre-contemplative perspective mm -hmm. on the change process. They yeah. don't even think there's a problem. Right. Why should they change? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think let's finish up. Let's. I was going to say let's finish up here. Okay, yeah. Because I feel like I had a few technical issues. I feel like we should. Um, do, I don't know if you want to go. We, yeah, I feel we, like this is a conversation. We should just keep going with this, but might give it a break with the yeah, episode. Yeah, here. absolutely. I, I agree. I think there's more to expand on here, but for the for for this episode, this is a decent place to wrap things up. So, again, as as we always do, you know, we want to we want to hear from you guys on, on these experiences, whether or not you've experienced any of them in your personal lives and your professional lives. Um, you know, what you think of, of the dynamic of, uh, interpersonal relationships in the professional setting, um, power dynamics and how they, you know, express themselves in, in different relationships, especially in the professional setting, but of course in, in the personal setting as well. Um, please let us know. Yeah, we want to, we do want to hear from you. If there's something that we didn't talk about in this episode that you want to hear us speak on, 
let us know that mm-hmm. too. You can always um, find us on IG. We also have an email, thecodedswitch at gmail.com that you can send us messages on. Otherwise, um, you know where to find us on, on podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Where else, what else mm-hmm. am I missing? Of course, if you want to see our lovely faces on YouTube too, um, listen, yeah. comment, share, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Coded Switch. See you then.